Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy Soso, in case you ain't know so. And welcome back to another episode of Sports with Soso. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Sports with Soso Podcast. And you can always download and listen to all of the episodes at sportswithsoso.com. Today is an all-Miami home team episode. We got the Hurricanes, we got the Dolphins, we got the Heat, and we may have a little extra for you. Let's go. If you're from Dade County and you're a sports fan, you got to stand up right now and represent for your teams because we're doing some things down here and everybody should be excited, right? I know this is a podcast and you can't really see what I'm doing, but I'm holding up the 305 that's right what's now. Up, I, I haven't put it down. That's, that's, I mean, again, if you're from Dade County, born and raised, or you moved down here and you adopted these football teams and these baseball teams and the whole sports culture, you got to be nothing but amped right now for what's going on. I mean, 2020 on. has been anything but good, but... Right. Miami sports have looked good this Dude, year, man. We're blowing up. Especially, <laughs> like, we're blowing up. And like we've spoken before, it's so rare to have all big major sports in your city doing well, right, at the same time. And seeing that, you know, prosper and get better and have, like, a movement behind it. Oh, yeah. Shit, man, it's, it's exciting, you know. Like the Dolphins, bro. The Dolphins have me more excited than I ever have been ever as a Dolphins fan. You know, we had that crazy win against the Cardinals this past weekend where a missed field goal decides the game. And, I again, I felt comfortable being in that game or being in that situation knowing that the Dolphins have the better quarterback, in my opinion. But that's me being a homer, right? When you see Tua go out there and, and ball out and put up a performance where people are noticing and the national media attention is like, damn, this guy really has something. Maybe the Dolphins really did find their quarterback and everybody was talking shit about the other guys. It makes you feel good as a sports fan. It's like, damn, I suffered all these years as a Dolphins fan and I've seen a million quarterbacks and like a thousand head coaches. And now is when I actually get to see it all come to fruition. And it's, it's exciting, bro. It's exciting. Yeah. It's a hell of an exciting time right now. Yeah, man, Dolphins, huge win, 34-31 over the Cardinals. Uh, you know, the Cardinals have uh, have been having a great season so far this year, you know, under, under Kingsbury. And uh, going into that game, it was one that, you know, we thought was going to be pretty close. But in the end, we had the edge on them, man. I'm, I'm glad uh, Tua is looking like the truth. Absolutely. And I really think came, it came down to a whole team performance, right? It's not like Tua had to save the day for us, like Murray had to save the day for the Cardinals. He had a freaking hell of a game. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? The guy threw for three touchdowns, had a rushing touchdown. Like, he couldn't do anything more, right? But the difference in that game is the defense and when they stepped up, right? Both defenses got scored on, which is kind of rare, right? We don't we know that the Dolphins are better than what that score showed defensively. But there were some key defensive plays that helped change the game, right? We had Jerome Baker. He had seven tackles that game. Ogba had a, stri- a strip sack. Again, that somebody picked up for a touchdown. Another sack for him. You know, Tally a, that a, up. another sack. He's leading the team right now in sacks. Tua, 20 of 28, very uh, above average performance. 248 yards, two touchdowns, zero INTs, right? Huge. Huge. And their performance collectively is what allowed the Dolphins to win that game, which is their fourth in a row. They've now won five out of their last six games climbing up the AFC East, staying within punching range. Yeah, we're within Bills. a game and a half of the Bills right, right now, I think. We're a game behind because they're a game ahead of us. Yep. Um, it's, it's really encouraging to see the team playing like that. 
and make big plays, not only go for the home runs, but also make big drives. You know, we had a 10-play, 93-yard drive to tie the game. You know, and two ran for two first downs. One of them looked incredible, 17-yard scramble, which you look back and you're like, oh, it's just 17 yards. But it is awareness to say, I got to get out of the pocket and move, right? I got to move these chains because I know if I don't get this first down, we may lose this game or we may go even further behind. And we were losing at that point. So it's it's really encouraging for the Dolphins fan right now to see these type of performances, have it come out on the field, and not only see it, but win those games. You know, we're winning close games now. And for as long as I can remember, those were the type of games that the Dolphins were losing. And now we're on their coach Flores, which people don't talk enough about, he's really implemented his plan and his I don't want to sound cliche and say he like his fingerprint into the into the No, but he he's definitely developing a new culture there. Absolutely. Without a doubt. And and you can see it on on how the moves they've made and the draft picks that they've made since he's got there have all been towards building something greater. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. and it's definitely coming to fruition now. And again, it's exciting to for a Dolphins fan to see and be a part of it. I know we were on the road, but I'm sure we killed it with the TV numbers. And more than anything, you know, again, we saw big plays, right? We saw Byron Jones. He was getting burned all game, gave up a touchdown, was getting ran all over by Kirk. Which was an interesting touchdown that they gave to to, to Arizona. Yes. In the corner to, of the end zone there. He kind of just snatched it away out of his hands and it said was he had possession. But. And again, it's a little bit of home cooking, but whatever. You can yeah. expect that, right? When you're on the road, nothing easy. But he comes back and has probably one of the biggest plays of the game that doesn't really necessarily show out on the, on the stat sheet. But he stopped. He was the one who got the tackle on Kyler Murray to stop them on third down while they were driving to force him to take that field goal. Because if they get that first down, not only are they in better field position range for their kicker, but they can probably get even closer or take a shot towards the end zone to win the game, right? right. So it was really it was really dope to see, again, people not giving up. Because we've seen it so many freaking times with teams, especially Dolphins teams, man. And I'm only sticking to Dolphins. But we've seen it so many times where those guys fall off or they don't care or maybe one guy is playing harder than the other. Nah, man. This team looks like a real They're team. fighting it to the end. To every, the end. To every game and, it looks and, like that. And they're all in. It's not like, hey, you play offense and I just play defense. Nah, we're all in this shit together. Yeah, you see them celebrating on the sidelines. You got the defense celebrating with the offense whenever they do something good and vice versa. You know what I mean? So like, it's, it's good chemistry right now. They're all fighting for each other. You can see it's a good man. locker room. Absolutely. And you said it earlier, the culture that Brian Flores is inputting into the team is really real. Uh, you can see it, how Tua and the rest of the guys look up to him and really take his word for for what it is, the truth, and, and what he wants them to do. Tua even gave him the game ball and was like, yo, this is you because you put us in this position to win these games. You know, that doesn't happen too much to Dolphin coaches here, right? They're always the scapegoat or people blame him like, oh, look at this idiot. You know, he's messing up this and that. But with Flores... People, again, they're not talking enough about him. And what he's done is really built a team for us. He's really built a team top to bottom. Because defensively, we are sound as hell. I know it may not seem like it because we played really bad against the Cardinals. But even with all that said, we make stops. And I told you this before. We make stops when we need to. When it's like, all right, well, we need to get these guys off the field. Let's do it. The the Dolphins defense is going to show up and step up. We're going to get the sack. We're going to make a pick. We're going to make the tackle for a loss or whatever it, it takes to get that, that offense out of there. 
now I feel like the offense is catching up, right? But it's not at a slow pace. They're moving. And they're really starting to gain some speed. Preston Wilson, before he went, Williams, before he went out in the game, was balling. I got crazy, balling. crazy touchdown. Crazy Second touchdown. effort, reaching out for it, diving over two guys. All out. I think that was the play that actually got him hurt yeah. was that touchdown. All out. And he had made two really good catches before that. Before that, yep. So, two deep balls. And he's going all out. So you know him and, and Tua were developing some good chemistry Absolutely. in practice. You know, those guys, again, Tua is not the quote-unquote leader or the voice, but he's one of those guys that he's going to work hard. People are going to see him working hard in the locker room and be like, well, that's our quarterback now. We all have to follow his lead. And he doesn't have to say shit because I'm a I'm the real OG in this locker room and whatnot, but if he's putting that example, then I'm only going to amp him up. And you can see it. As soon as Tua was doing the post-game interview on TV, here comes Agba, here comes Baker, and they're running out for the field, and they're jumping all over Tua. Ah, yo, you're the man. We are. Those are things that we've never seen as a Dolphins fan. Yeah. We haven't seen that. Why? Yeah. Because we haven't had, A, the quarterback that everybody's in love with, right? And, B, we haven't had the team win consistently in a long time, you know? So it's it's really dope to see where we're at right now. That's why if you're from Dade County and you're a Dolphins fan, you have to be pumped. You have to be pumped for what's going on with this Dolphins team. And I feel like it's only going to lead – towards us being a playoff team. Maybe it doesn't happen this year, but we're definitely going to put some pressure on the Bills and not give them that space to say, hey, the division is yours. Go off and run with it. You know, we're not giving that up. Yeah, we're not going out without a fight. No, we're not giving that up. And the Bills, they, I mean, they look good. They, they're they coming off a, a, a huge win against the Seattle Seahawks. Dominating win. Uh, where they looked, exactly, they looked absolutely dominant. So, yeah. uh, you know, we, we definitely have uh, – a lot in store for us, you know, coming up with the, the, the game against the Bills. We got to we gotta win that one if we're going to have a chance of winning the division because if not, that, that wild card race is getting tight. But I'm totally with you, man. I mean, I, I think the Dolphins could do it right now. I think we have the pieces in place. You know, we have a, a really good team. We, we lack – we lack immensely at running back right now, man. That's a, um, that's, that, that's been that's you know big, the, big the thing that's holding us back. Right. But you know, Tua, like you said, is is uh, is is being the quarterback that we thought he was going to be. You know what I mean? The hip looks fine. Uh, you talked about that that one run that he escaped out the pocket and picked up the first down. I mean, he was going to be short of the first down unless yeah. he dug his foot into the ground and hit that cut back inside away from the so defender, and it was beautiful. It. And let me tell you, man. That hip looked good. Real good. So uh, I'm, I'm going to say I think I like the Dolphins right now more than I did with any Ryan Tannehill team that we had. Dude, even before that. Sorry. Even before that. I mean, when you think about it, the last time that you can say as a Dolphins fan, we're like, yo, we were successful with this quarterback was Chad Pennington, bro. Chad Who? Pennington, exactly. Forget that guy. Yeah. I was going to say Jay Fiedler. And that is even deeper. <laughs> even deeper. Into the history Forget books. about you, it. You get what I'm saying? So, like. We've been through them all, man. We've been through them all, man. So, now to see this really happening, it's like, damn, this is really We got to be excited, we man. We got to be excited about this. And I'm sure if COVID hadn't happened and that stadium could be packed to the gills. It oh, would it, be, it would be like, breaking numbers that they, had, that they haven't right reached now. or attained in years, it man. It would be ridiculous. Almost There's to the so level, many people that want to go see this team play right now. Almost to the level of like a tailgate for the, like the Hurricanes, right, where everybody's partying and there's, a big, and there's a big crowd and stuff like that. That started to die out a little bit with the Dolphins because people weren't willing to spend the money for something that's an inferior product. 
Now we got a good product on the field, and it's like, all right, damn, I wish I could hit that stadium, you know? Exactly. But we, we're looking ahead. You know, Dolphins won. We're going to play the Chargers next week, uh, this Sunday. Yep, we up. always take the Chargers. We got their number, we so I'm hoping that's the routine, especially and I think, with a lot of injuries that they got right now, yeah. and they're coming from the West Coast over to the East Coast, so well, they, that always plays in it. They lost a heartbreaker, bro, to the the Raiders. I mean, when don't the Chargers yeah. lose a heartbreaker, dude? Every single game they lose, I feel like they lose it last second by one, two, or three points. And I know Chargers fans are going crazy right now because of their coach, Lynn. Um, two and six this year. I know my father-in-law is a big Chargers fan. He's going crazy. I like, feel for them, man. Him. They got a great fire fan base, guy. you know? They got all, a, all, even though they left San Diego, the you know everybody in San Diego loves they them. They travel, bro, and they migrate. And yeah. again, that's a team that has a certain, like, you know, prestige to it. Like, hey, you know, we've won. We've always been competitive and stuff like that. But since uh, since Lynn has got there, 2017, they went 9-7, right? 18, they went 12-4, and four, made the playoffs, lost to the Patriots. Um, 19, they went 5-11, and 11, and then now they're 2-6. and six. So this guy's definitely not trending in the right direction. Yeah. And you got the quarterback that you need, but I don't think they're going to give him the time. I think... Maybe this season, but for sure after this season, they're going to start looking in a different direction because there's no way that you have a losing culture for a guy like Herbert. And especially if uh, our guy, Tool, comes, right, you guys come down here and we kick your ass and our guy makes your guy look like crap, you're going to be in some deep, deep problems when you get back to California. You know? Absolutely. So yeah, that, that guy might be out of a job pretty might, soon. He might be out of a job pretty soon, but that's all better for the Heat. For the Dolphins, baby. That's it, baby. Another That's win, it. five wins in a row. That would be crazy. And, and let me tell you, man, you just mentioned it. You know, it's going to make Dolphins fans us feel a lot better, you know, after seeing Herbert being a stud and doing what he's doing right now for the Chargers. Even though they're losing, he's still putting up some great numbers. And it's going to be, you know, much more reassuring if Tua can go out there head-to-head and get the W. And get the W. You don't, It doesn't have to be pretty, but more than likely it will be pretty because he is so efficient and so clean with it. And I really think that, he's going to be the better quarterback on Sunday, you know? Absolutely. You know that the Dolphins are a two-and-a-half favorite? Before we get Over to the, the Chargers? Yeah. We're a two-and-a-half point favorite? Two-and-a-half home dog favorite. Uh, I'll take, I, I would take the Dolphins to cover that. Right? Yeah, I got the day. Dolphins winning 31-17. 31-17. Uh, I'm going to say the Dolphins win 24-10. 24-10. Yeah, I think right. our defense is going to step it up this week. You know, even though we've been making plays week to week, yeah. I think they're going to focus on containing the points this week. Let's see. Hopefully we can get another defensive touchdown. That'll be three weeks in a row where we have a defensive touchdown and make some big defensive plays to shut down Herbert, you know. Um, speaking of defensive plays, the biggest defensive play probably of this weekend for our Miami teams was made almost by error in the Hurricanes game, right? Because there was a deflection. What a game. What a game, right? There was a deflection in the fourth quarter that Hawkman threw, and it just so happened to land to D. Wiggins, and he was able to make the pick, catch it, and it go just down. landed right in his bread and, basket. And it literally came <laughs> right to him. And those are sometimes the best for a defensive back, right? Because if you're kind of struggling or going through the motions and you haven't really had consistent games, getting easy picks like that, definitely boosts you towards the next time you have to play right and it gives you that little bit of confidence. Yeah, it gives you that momentum going into, you know, the next play. Yeah, and but so, I was close. I wanted to, you know, since we're covering predictions, you know, I was really close to the score. We both were. We both had 42 yeah. points. The Kane scored 44 points, but one of us was closer than the other <laughs> when it came to what 
uh, North Carolina State was able to do, which was 17 points that I had, and you had them with 35. And they Thank you, Bob. I would have won that over there on the Price is Right you style. Price is right but, style. But, uh, yeah, man, I, 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 think, I didn't think you were giving them enough respect. You know, they've been putting up points, and, you know, we, we, you know, we talked about it a little bit earlier that their offense has been terrible, but their quarterback had a hell of a fucking game except he, for that, that interception. He, he honestly made the difference for NC State. He made the difference because, again, if you look at his numbers, he's a terrible quarterback. He's a terrible quarterback. You know, my boy Vic told me before the game, like, yo, look how bad this guy is. And I'm looking at some extra stats and I'm like, damn, I thought he was bad, but I didn't think he was bad, bad. So when I see this guy in the first quarter throwing dimes for touchdowns and running across the field, I'm like, who is this who guy? Who is this guy? You know, somebody must have gave him that juice from Space Jams <laughs> so this guy can power up because he literally had the performance of his life. You know, outside of high school where you're playing with kids, like you're playing against NFL talent here, right? The guy, Hawkman, put a game of his life, and it honestly almost caught the Hurricanes by surprise. I feel like it did catch him by surprise because he was so accurate, and they were expecting him to have a lot more air and throws and rush decisions because he's a lefty, and they were going to try to push him towards the, the opposite side just to kind of make those deep and medium throws a lot tougher because we knew they were going to try to attack that. But it really surprised me how good he played. But what didn't surprise me is how good Derek King played. He was the MVP of the game. Dude, he's the MVP of the season. Without Five him, touchdowns, 430 yards, 31 for 41. Stop. And not to mention, we talked about last time that the Hurricanes needed to step up their run game. Yep. Well, King took that personal. and He put up 105 yards, 105 yards By on himself. the ground on 15 attempts. By himself. And Average seven yards a carry. And we said it in the last episode, man, for the Dolphins to be really successful, the running game has I mean, to be the Hurricanes. The, the Hurricanes, my fault. The <laughs> Hurricanes really have to run the ball and dominate that, that side of the ball for at least 10, 15 minutes of a game. Cannot be where you're going out there and you're letting three running backs touch the ball and none of them can put up 50, 60 yards. That can't happen. If it wasn't for the Eric Keen and those 105 yards, dude, we would have lost the game because there's no way that we moved the chains. We had like 30-something First downs, sold, uh, North Carolina State was not too far behind with the first downs that they had in the game. So those weren't like, he had that one 40-yard scramble, 35-yard scramble, which was big. But the rest of those runs were him escaping the pocket, nothing down the field. Okay, I'm going to get this first down and keep the chains moving. That's how he was able to get to the 430 passing yards because he was, the defense was so worried about they had him to respect running it. that he was able to hit Pope and Harley deep and get those guys moving, you know, because those guys are speedsters. They're speed demons. And Yeah, Harley, Harley, eight catches, 153 yards and two touchdowns on the day. Yep. Bald. And look, Pope had a great day too, 97 yards with a touchdown. So those yeah, are found those four are, different. King found four different receivers for touchdowns. You know, and, I mean that's that's, that's, that's moving the ball around. And, and 40 yards out of, out of two players for a college game. That's highly irregular, but that just speaks to, A, the talent of the Eric King, right? When he's throwing the ball, the, the type of touch that he can put on the ball, the type of strength he can put on the ball, the accuracy, right? That's the first thing. The second thing is the talent that Miami has on the outside, 
We have speedy receivers. We have big receivers. We, we have guys it. who can go out there and go to the middle and, and make some catches. We need to use them. Yeah. And we do. And this game was a good example of how deadly our offense can be. When it clicks. When it when it's firing, bro, nobody can be in our way because we're going to put 40-plus points on you, like, regardless, right? Regardless. The only concern for me, obviously, coming from this game was the defense. Didn't really play well. Didn't really hit the quarterback as much as they should have because they got to him, but they didn't really, like, put a message to him like, yo, you're done for the night. And it wasn't until the fourth quarter where things got tighter that I felt like the defense was stepping up and the defensive coordinator was able to put a little bit more pressure on him. And we saw the cracks, right? He was starting to miss throws and overthrow guys, and and we saw the cracks coming. So And the fatigue. I mean, you can't, you know, right. that, that he wouldn't be able to keep that up. All those hits. Right. So it, it really worked out for for the Hurricanes at the end of the game, but it is concerning moving forward that the defense has allowed sometimes too many points to opponents. You know, we had a big game against um Clemson where they put up obviously they murdered us we also had a big game where the other I, I in like the first two three weeks of the season where they scored 30 something points on us again those are things that can lead to the defense getting worse and if Miami's defense is the strong suit of the Miami Hurricanes then we need to tie that up Manny's still in my doghouse I'm sorry you know this performance yeah you get the win off a of bye that's cool bro you broke a streak I'm happy for you I really am but the performance was not what we needed and what I expected to see as a fan, especially playing a team like that. Hopefully, this week against, we play, who, who do we play? We play Vatek, man. We play Vatek. Hopefully, against those guys, we can put it all together, right? All three aspects. We can do it on special teams, we can do it offensively, and we can do it defensively and get a real clean performance, right? A clean victory, no big issues, no surprises, no nothing. Ho- I'm hoping that that's what we see, but I'm not convinced that that's what we're going to see because it always feels like one foot is always ahead of the other. Either the offense plays really good and the defense is kind of lacking, or the defense plays really great and the, the, the offense maybe doesn't have it that day. We need to see a complete performance. Yeah. You know, especially being third in the ACC, right? Notre Dame beats Clemson, so now Notre Dame is on top of the huge, ACC. Huge, game. Which is crazy that they're in here for one year or whatnot, but they're at the top of the ACC with Clemson right behind them. Now, Clemson is probably going to end up playing them for the ACC championship, and that was a game that we saw ourselves in. Um, maybe the consolation prize is the Orange Bowl, but we don't really want a consolation prize. We want to try to get to that ACC championship game by any means necessary. I don't know if we're going to be able to do that. It's going to be really tough. We're going to need Notre Dame to slip up or Clemson to slip up again and and try to finish the rest of the season strong, which we can because we have a favorable schedule like we've spoken about before. But it, like I said, this week against Vatek, it's a 12 o'clock game. It's not going to be in, in at night where a lot of the fans have already been partying all day and they're going to be loud. It's not going to be a lot of people there. So we should have an advantage and we should be able to beat these guys single-handedly. All right. So what do you think, man? Well, what do you think the, what do you think the score is going to be? I got the score being 42-27. And the only reason why I, like I have it such a big spread is because I feel like they're disrespecting the Hurricanes. Hurricanes are a 2.5 underdog for this oh, game. Oh, no. Big time disrespect. After Virginia Vatek's Tech. not even ranked. Bro, who did they, do you know who they lost to this past weekend? Who? They lost to Liberty. Who is Liberty? Exactly. They play FIU. And, bro. and we lost to FIU once. 
You know, who the hell is Liberty? Why is Virginia Tech losing to him? And why are we underdogs to Virginia oh, Tech hell no. on the road? No. I feel like that's some bullshit. Definitely being disrespected. The team obviously feels disrespected, and I feel like they're going to come out and whoop some ass. So that's why I got it 42 for 27. Uh, I'm going to go 49-17. I think they're going like to they're gonna handle business this week. I like it. 49-17. That's my pick right there. That's clean. Let's go Canes. Let's go Canes. And and again, we need to see this type of victory, you know, because if the Dolphins, if the Canes want to make it to the ACC championship and be top 10 when the, when the football season's done and over with, whenever that is going to be, these are games that you need to win and win hand. And win big. You know? That's right. Now, the last part that I saved, which is the best part, is the Miami Heat NBA offseason. Now, the reason why it's the best is because you get all these rumors you see all these tweets, all these Bleacher Report updates, and blase, blase, all these no-name reporters coming out of the woodwork now, right? Like Chad Ochocinco? Yeah, now... Did you hear about him? I heard, man. He tweeted out this morning, at like, or I guess it's the last night at midnight or something like that, that he was with Jimmy Butler. And, uh, well, here, I'll read you the tweet. I'll read you the tweet. He said, uh, after conversing with Jimmy Butler, we are making a huge splash via trade, but I'm sworn to secrecy. But I'm excited for my Miami Heat this upcoming season. What the hell does Ultra Cinco know? Uh, hey, man, I don't know, but I'll take anything at this point. Are we getting the Greek freak? Well, Is Olodipo coming? Are we getting Brad Beal? Well, What's going like you, on? You can roll the dice, right, with any one of those names because now, all of last night, I'm watching SportsCenter and I see Harden is on the table, Westbrook is on the table, Oladipo's on the table, everybody's on the table. <laughs> Like it's it's, it's like, gonna be a crazy offseason. Right? It's a crazy offseason, and and what makes it crazy is like every time, and I've known like we, I've always noticed this, right? Every time that the Heat have a little bit of success, and we move in in like a direction where teams are putting us on notice, like, hey, what are you guys doing up here? You don't belong, right? Everybody starts to throw players our way. Oh, so and so isn't interested in the Heat, and this player would love to play for the Heat, and this guy's dying to get traded to the Heat. So in the span of two days, we got Oladipo. We got Westbrook, we got Harden, we got Greek Freak, we got Danilo Gallinari, we got all these names being thrown with the Heat. Like, hey, these are all possible things for the possible scenarios for the Heat. And I'm thinking to myself, the Heat just made the finals. Like, we're not just going to go and get anybody. We're going to get the guy. If we're going to make a move, we're going to, Pat is going to go get the guy that we need. Not, oh, this big name, that big name. And the problem right now with a lot of those people throwing those big names is that, a lot of those guys are tied to huge-ass contracts. You know, Harden, crazy contract. Westbrook, crazy contract. Chris Paul has a crazy contract, and he's been throwing around in the rumor report. To me, it's like, unless the player comes out and says, hey, I'm done here, bro. I need you to trade me to this team or this team or this team. That would be breaking news in order to be like, all right, well, what's the package? It's going to be X player with X draft picks, right? The Heat are in a position to do that. We just got... A draft pick last year. We have a 20th pick this year, which is not a sexy pick, right? It's not like somebody's going to say, hey, I'll take your 20th pick for a really good player. Doesn't work like that. We also have a lot of young talent, right? We have Hero on the bench. We have Kendrick Nunn. We still have a couple of other guys from the practice squad. I don't think that the Heat are going to make drastic moves. Pat came out and said it. It's like, yo, we got to take care of the people that we have in-house first. We got to take care of Dragic. You know, definitely get him resigned. See what Jay Crowder wants to do. Because you know, he played great for us. And I feel like those will probably be a more realistic 
free agent approach than to say, you know what, let's make a trade and go get Westbrook or let's go get Oladipo or let's go get Harden. Not to say that those guys wouldn't work for us. Maybe they do, maybe they don't because they haven't necessarily been successful in other places, right? And they've tried to be the man or whatever. And again, this team down here is Jimmy's team. So anybody who comes in here is going to have to recognize like Jimmy sets the tone. When he says it's workout time, we're working out. When he says, hey, get your ass up at 1 o'clock in the morning, we're going to go hit a 10-man scrimmage game, get up and go, you know? I don't see those guys wanting to live that lifestyle with Jimmy, even though it's going to be in Miami, which obviously you can get away from that, that type of environment and do whatever you want. It is Vice City. But when it comes to, like, playing and earning the checks and being on the court, you know, in playing time, I don't see too many of these guys wanting to team up in a position where they can kind of have to compete with Jimmy for that limelight. I don't know what you think, but I, it's really hard for me to see a Westbrook here, right? Or No, I think, here. I think you're absolutely hitting the nail on the head. I think that, you know, Jimmy is the alpha. And, you know, we have older players, you know, I guess guys that are older than Jimmy, but they're not the alpha. Jimmy's the alpha. He proved that in the playoffs, and he proved that in the finals. And that's that's our guy. That's the guy that, you know, we're going to build around. And we have pieces like, you know, we've drafted in, in recent years and we got guys around them. So I think what we need to, you know, what the Heat need to do is, is is take a step back and really evaluate what their needs are. Right. So we're not, you know, we're, we're not a market that, you know, we need these players to come to, to give us you know uh, fans in the stands or anything like that. We got that culture already. Our fans are some of the best fans in the Set NBA. In stone, so the players aren't going to make the franchise. The fans make the franchise and we're going to make the most out of whoever's there. And we're going to go after guys that we need right now to win a championship right now, not five years from now. And not, oh, this guy is just a big name that's going to be a big name draw. We have that already. So I think that that's where we're going to be, you know, that's why we keep speculating on the bigs. Like, you know, Giannis, you know, is he coming? And recently I heard, you know, the rumor that he's going possibly to link up with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. It's a possibility. Which... If that happens, small ball. Forget about the East. They might as well just cancel the East. No, nah. you know, just put the Heat. But we'll just we'll we'll transfer over to the West Coast. No, nah. well, if they want to throw us in the Western Conference, yeah. we'll be okay with that. But the East is done. I mean, if they do that, I guess I guess that I there are teams that are building. Right, you got Brooklyn building. They're not ready yet. Atlanta may be building. They're not ready yet. Uh, Milwaukee is one of those teams that are building. They're not ready. No, yet. they might be assembling very soon. Right. We don't know what's what's gonna happen with Philadelphia, right? And if they're gonna break down. The Celtics are always there and will always be there, right? As a team that you have to reconcile with and say, damn, these guys got talent. Um, but I don't see like my thing is we it those basketball is moving in the direction where you need to have versatile guys, right? And your fifth your, your center doesn't necessarily have to be the biggest or the be- best defensive player out there, but he's got to be agile enough to cover another big guy and make some moves and work them offensively. You know what I mean? Yeah. And once we get an idea of who is a really available, because, again, yeah, Harden is available if you want to give up two first rounds and you got to give up Tyler Hero and you got to give up Kendrick That, that, that we can't do. you got to give up this guy. You we, we can't do – we can't give away the house. We need to keep those young pieces that we know are, are good players. And we got to just – I think we're really just one piece away. I think we need something – we need an answer for Anthony Davis and, and we're there. 
in my opinion, we only need two things, right? We need a for sure point guard. Not to say that Drogic is not the for sure point guard, but we can't depend on Drogic for 82 games in a season or 72 games in the new season. Yeah, he's getting up, older. Right, he's getting older. He's not going to play 72 games. So Kendrick Nunn, again, he's not the long-term answer or even the best immediate answer at point guard. Serviceable? Absolutely. Enjoyable? Absolutely. But he's not. is he the answer? No. Yeah, his flame fizzled out a little right. bit. He's not the answer. So maybe we can definitely use a point guard. That's why a guy like Oladipo really intrigues me to see what would it cost to get an Oladipo. It definitely, I wouldn't give up a Tyler Hero for Oladipo. I'd rather give up some picks because Tyler Hero is the real future. And having Oladipo next to Hero is what I really want, right? If I can't get a big man next to Bam, I'd rather have somebody next to him. In my second opinion... I think we're, we need somebody next to Bam, a big man that is defensively sound, that can take that pressure off of him, where he can kind of like float a little bit, you know, be in the lane, go out to the three-point line, and, and we won't suffer at the rim because that's what really killed us. So a guy like Ibaka, Galinari, something, a Paul Millsap maybe, something in that range where it's a, a, compliment a, a Bam defensive and, and compliment to low. Bam that can also add something offensively. Right. Gallinari can shoot. Uh, we know that Bill Sapp is a scorer, too. He can shoot. Uh, Ibaka can shoot the three. If you leave him in the corner or something, again, serviceable offensively. Those are the two moves that I think we got to make. We got to make either the big man move or the point guard move. I'm with you. And Because once we solidify that, then I can say, you know what, put us against whoever, and I like our chances. And I like our chances because we have the dog in Jimmy, and his attitude is going to reflect everybody else's attitude. And once we got that, we got real problems for the other team because That's right. we have three-point shooters. We have big men who can block. We have we athletic got shooters. Groups. We got real shooters. You know what real I mean? Real ones. Best shooter in the league. Shout out to Duncan Robinson, a.k.a. Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> but, you know, the, the Heat are set up in a position where if you get one of those two pieces – Bro, we're instantly much better than that's what we right, were man. last year. And that's and that's already a finals appearance, you know. Oh so yeah, man. I'm interested to see what's gonna happen. There's no reason. There's no the reason draft. why we shouldn't be able to make a big move and and, and get back to the yeah, finals man. again. I mean, and, and, take I, it. and I'm excited to see if, if we keep the draft pick. You know, we're drafting twentieth. Uh, I've seen that we've been linked to Jalen Smith, who's a forward, a defensive forward, um and a guard out of TCU, a guy named Desmond Blake Blave or Blaine. I think his last name is Blaine. Um, but whatever, you know, those are the two positions that I think that we're really focusing on for the future. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, real quick, bro. I know you saw the Masters today. I was watching a little bit today. What do you think of Tiger Woods' round? Oh, my God. I'm giddy. I, I, giddy is the best word to describe it. Right? Man. I feel like a little kid. It's it, it, He comes back. out today. He he's, he's back, man. The big cat never left. I mean, he's the defending Masters champion, and they were still giving him 50 to 1 odds to win it this year. Amazing. And it was like, dude, if anybody is going to go out there and win Augusta back-to-back, it's going to be the big cat. Right. And he came out today, and he shot a smooth four-under. He, he missed a couple putts where, you know, they were real close and they could have gone in, he could have gone lower, but he's in the mix, man, and I'm loving it. Yeah. I'm absolutely loving and it. And what about your boy, man, the favorite? Well, DeChambeau, man, he fell apart. So he uh, he was saying that the course was actually playing five strokes better than uh, than what it is. It's a par 72, and he said he could, you know, on average shoot 67. Right. And Augusta it's gave him big the, big, the big middle finger. That's a big and claim. said, you're not going to come into Augusta National 
and say that we're not a par 72 course. And he got his ass handed to him today. So he's still not out of it, but he definitely didn't do what everybody thought he was going to do. He made it hard on himself, man. And and we knew, we spoke about it. We knew that the conditions were going to be very tough. different. Very tough. Very different. I mean, we, me and you watched a couple of yeah. highlights and we saw like... A couple the of craters guys that were being formed by the and, golf balls. And the balls are landing on the green, and like it looks like a missile, and it's exploding. Yeah. You got dirt and grass coming up. And oh yeah, it's it's wet out there, man, which makes it a lot longer of a course. Which you know, to somebody like that that can hit the ball really long, you would think it'd be an advantage. But he was all over the place. I saw a lot of the coverage. I saw a lot of his shots. Um, you know, he he missed a birdie putt on his first hole, and then the next hole, I think he put one OB. You know, left. It it, it was bad. I think. Yeah. You know, he he played. He could have played a much better round today, but. Hey, there's a lot of guys in the mix that are real good uh, heading into the weekend. Obviously, Big Cat being in the top of the leaderboard, that's always a it. thing of beauty. I love it. Hopefully, he uh, he comes back tomorrow with another great round and uh, puts himself in a position to, to win this thing, man. Yeah, man. Like we said, you know, we want to see it get interesting as we go into Sunday. We want to see the field get tight and have the best players in the field. I, I'd hate for a guy like, you know, him, Shambo or uh, Mickelson miss the cut or something like that. Only because of how cool it is to watch it on Sunday and actually get to enjoy all the big names in in the final coming down the stretch. Coming down the stretch, so yeah, that, man, that's hopefully what what happens this weekend, and hopefully my dog Tiger Woods pulls it out and wins his 16th major on uh, on the back, PGA bro. Tour. 16 majors, and it'd be the first back to back winner in like 10 years uh, of a major championship. So, and even more so for a guy like him, right? Who like. Had that roller coaster of a oh, life. Oh yeah, his right? career has been down up and down. And up, and now you come back and you. And now he's coming again. back up, bro. It'll be incredible. Hopefully, no, we'll I'm get excited, to see man. It. Hopefully, I'm we'll excited. A lot it. of golf this weekend. There's a lot of rain in our forecast, so we'll be inside watching a lot of uh, a lot of golf this weekend. And a lot of Miami Heat, a lot of Miami Heat rumor report, a lot of Miami Hurricanes. Football. We got the Hurricanes on Saturday yeah. and fins up on Sunday, fins baby. Up, baby. Let's, Let's go, get it, man. Hey, dog. It's always a pleasure. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying. Everybody else, thank you so much for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed the All Miami episode. Remember, you can always follow us on Instagram at Sports with Soso Podcast. And of course, all of the episodes are downloadable and listen. You guys can listen to them at sportswithsoso.com. 305, stand up. Peace. Peace.